Welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Fully Free Podcast. I'm here for the podcast and I'm here on Instagram live. So I'm super excited to talk about this. I am doing an episode today on the seven tips for scaling your business to seven figures. Some of these are strategic. Some of these are energetic because of course it's a mix. Getting to seven figures is not one or the other. I feel like it's very much a nice 50-50 mix And I've recorded one of these episodes previously, so I'll have my team link that in the show notes. Um, It's an episode called The Energetics and the Strategy of Seven Figures, but I feel like I recorded that when I first hit seven figures, and now we're here really stabilizing it. And so some of it's going to be the same, and some of it might be different, which I think is going to be really cool to hear now that we've been here at this level for a while. So let's dive in as I have all of the text message notifications popping up for Maria. Hi, Maria. (laughs) If you ever listen to this, (laughs) all your texts are popping up like crazy. Okay. And then you guys on Instagram, if you have questions, if you're here to hang out and listen to this and you have questions, ask them and I'll be able to answer those on the podcast too, because people who are listening on the podcast will probably have questions, but not get the chance to ask them live like you guys. So feel free to ask. Okay. Um, okay. The first thing that I think, which is definitely a long-term game strategically, as a lot of strategy is, it's not just most of this. I think this is a good thing to accept. We're already on our first rant and we're not even into the first tip. It's a really good thing to accept that the strategic pieces you're putting into your business, like it's great to expect them and to desire them to work right away, but they are only going to work better and better and better over time. So this is not an episode about how to snap your fingers and get to seven figures overnight. Like that's just not how it works. It's not how you build a million dollar business, but building brand awareness around your offers has definitely been a huge piece for me when it comes to hitting seven figures. And this was even in place. And I mean, this has been in my place in my business for a long time. Of course, I'll tell you what I mean, but of course my offers have changed. But what I mean when I say building brand awareness around your offers is not that you can never, ever, ever sell anything new. You guys know I'm literally selling and running a course right now that is new, sought after, but I plan to have that program in my business for years to come. I would say probably three years from now, all sought after will be a program where I'll be like, I've sold this program 10, 11, 12 times within three years. So everybody is going to know about sought after hundreds of people will have already been through sought after. So they're going to be advocates of the program and, um, and testimonials of the program. And then there's always going to be people who miss out. Okay. That's something we have to accept. 
your whole audience is not going to buy your program as soon as you put it out. There's always going to be people who miss out. And if there's people who miss out, they're more likely to buy the next time. And so I know right now it seems really trendy to sell new program after new program after new program after new program, which I personally think there's a lot of issues with just saying, um, I did a lot of market research lately and people don't really like that. It's exciting and it gets people to buy when you create constant new offers, but like typically what people are doing is they're taking the same information and they're putting a new brand image on it and a new name on it. And people don't like that because they feel like they just wasted their money on something they already paid you for. So anyway, that's one reason why I do create new offers, but I only create a new offer when I have new information or there's information that I just haven't had the opportunity to teach yet, which sought after is a mix of, for example. Now, a really great example of this is my inner circle mastermind, right? So unfortunately, we're actually closing the inner circle. We're coming out with a brand new mastermind in April. You guys are going to freak out just because I want to make the experience better, but I have been running the inner circle successfully for two years. And this means that there are people now, when I say the inner circle is closing, who are like, what? I've been wanting to join the inner circle for two years or, oh my God, I just finally got ready to join the inner circle. It's okay. Don't freak out. Um, we're opening a new, a new and even better. And just, it's really going to be able to help even more people and help even more people deeper program. But that reaction I've gotten from people is literally proof and such a powerful example of building brand awareness, transparent sales. I've been selling transparent sales. I think since I think 2018, if not 2019, but I'm 99% sure 2018. So years, I mean, hundreds of people have gone through transparent sales. That is such an easy program for me to sell because there are dozens of testimonials and years put into it. Now, there was a time that I launched it for the first time, but it gets easier and easier and easier and easier and easier to sell it. So brand awareness is going to sell your programs. People are going to know what programs you have. They're going to understand what they are, and they're going to sign themselves up for them because only 1% of your audience is typically ready to buy at one time, but there's always a new percent and a new percent and a new percent. Um, I could keep going, but I'll leave you with that. So if we have any questions about brand awareness, let me know. But in the meantime, I want to talk about tip number two, which is strategic, but also energetic in the sense of it's a different way of thinking. So what I realized when I wanted to go from six to multi six figures was I needed to start, stop focusing on multiple six figure brand, multiple six figure business, multiple six figure year and focus on six figure offers. And so my first multiple six figure year was 400K and not all of my offers, which just shows the value of focusing on less offers, but I had multiple offers that year for the first time ever create a hundred thousand or more on their own. So I had a course that created over a hundred thousand on its own. My private coaching created over a hundred thousand on its own. And that was such a huge chunk of the 400K. Now that I'm at seven, what I'm seeing and what I'm planning for is to have multi six figure offers. So now my mastermind makes over multi six figures a year. Um, I have a course that brings over multi six figures a year. Do I even say that right? Um, and now that I'm thinking of going to multi seven, and I feel like not, I don't feel like a long ways from, from 2 million a year, but I do feel a long ways from million dollar offers, but that's literally what we're putting in place is 
most of the offers, not all, but most of the offers need to go to seven figures. They need to be scalable to that point. And if it's not, we need to really, really evaluate if it's worth, even worth the time, right? And that's exactly, like, regardless of what level you're getting at. So hear me out. If you have a goal of multi six figures a year, you need to make sure you're looking at your offers in terms of getting each individual offer to six figures a year. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's not that if an offer is not going to do that, it sucks or whatever. Um, but it's just something to think about. Is this offer scalable to the point of bringing in six figures per year on its own? If you're at multi six going to seven, you want to look at your offers and say, is this offer structured in a way where it could actually bring in multi six figures on its own? Six figure offers create a multi six figure business, multi six figure offers create a seven figure business. It's not a hard and fast rule, but I will say it's going to make the journey a lot easier. And I know that when I can focus on less offers and less things, I can focus on my clients better because my brain's not full of launch dates and new plans and branding. And I'd rather focus on my delivery versus having to create, 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 create. I'm only going to create when it's in the highest interest of my audience, my people. Okay. Number three, this is huge. I have this conversation almost every day and it is an energetic tip. Mastering a grounded confidence in your skill set. Thank you guys for the hair compliments. <laughs> Mastering a grounded confidence. So if you find that in your launches or throughout the month, it kind of feels like your confidence is just like tanking, your commitment is kind of tanking, you, you really start wavering, you start questioning yourself, you start questioning your plans. This is because you're lacking this unwavering, unshakable, grounded confidence. And what I mean, and, and how I've leaned into this is, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how do I build this unwavering confidence that my offers are going to sell out, that my spots are going to fill? How do I build the expectation that that's going to happen? And the truth is, is that is not what I focus on. I do have an affirmation that I always remind myself of is there's always another client. I've been in business for six years. I don't know about you guys, but what I can say is if you have been in business for a year or two or longer, you can probably say this too. There has always been another client and there will always be another client, which means there's always more money to be made and you don't need to freak out and go into lack mode. But I'm not trying to figure out how to make myself believe that I will always hit my money goal because I don't and I won't. There'll be many more money goals in the future I will miss. And there have been many that I've missed by a landslide. Um, so I'm not trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure out how do I feel so unshakably confident in my delivery with my clients, in my skill set as a coach? I'll be the first one to admit I don't have any coaching certifications. I don't, I don't have any of that stuff. I haven't felt called to do any of that stuff. I wouldn't say that I don't, I don't think I need it, but I wouldn't say I would never benefit from it or would never do it. I think that'd be cool in the future. But what I can say is I have helped myself a lot. I've helped a lot of clients and I've also invested in a lot of coaching. So I've experienced different coaching styles. I've experienced different types of programs and packages. And I am so committed to my clients as their coach. And I always say like, I am, I, I think one of the most valuable things in a coach is somebody who can be there for their clients in the highs and the huge celebrations, but who can also really be there for their clients in the lows, because there will be lows, even your best clients will have lows. 
And if you can really be there with them and be unshakable there to hold, hold their, remind them of their power, remind them of their potential, hold the vision for what they're creating. I think that makes you an incredible coach. And maybe you do have certifications. Maybe you do have these skill sets and these gifts and these talents, like out of the wazoo, like that's amazing. It doesn't, I don't think it really matters, but you just need to make sure. And, and this is what helps me. I create all of my offers, not from the place of what is going to be the most scalable, what is going to make me the most money, but I create every single one of my offers from the place of what is going to help my clients the most. And guess what? That's not always the cheapest offer that I could come up with. And that's not always the smallest container that I can fit people in. Um, it still can be scalable and it can still be very beneficial and profitable for me, but I always lead with what is going to help them most. And then I look at it from the perspective of a business owner and I adjust the pricing and I adjust the container a little bit. So it works for both of us, but I just, do you guys get what I'm saying? I feel so much more confident and grounded and secure and sure that I change people's lives. And so when, and here's where I'm getting to, when I'm in a launch and the offer doesn't seem like it's selling how I wanted to, I don't start questioning it. I don't start questioning the price. I don't start questioning what's included. I don't start questioning the launch plan because all of it was created with the client in mind. And now I know that my job is to just stay unwavering and see it through, see what happens and learn from what happens. But I don't need sales to feel validated that my offer is good. And most people in this industry need sales to feel validated that their offer is good. And if that's how you feel, you're going to be really shaky. You're going to be questioning yourself a lot. You're going to be moving a lot slower than you could. Okay. And you're probably going to be changing your launch plans and changing your offer. And you're never going to be able to see something through to the point where you could learn from it. And that, I mean, you could add that in as a bonus tip. You need to be seeing things through so that you can actually look at them and do a review. <laughs> That's like what CEOs do. That's what managers do. That's what leaders do is we, we see things through and then we review them. And then we revise them. We don't revise in the middle. You don't revise in the middle. Hi, Maria. You got a shout out earlier. <laughs> All your text messages were popping up on my phone. <laughs> of course, it always happens. Um, okay, number four. The fourth tip out of seven. You guys are going to love this one. It's so simple. Sell daily. Sell daily. Now, my clients know, shout out if you're a client or a student of mine, they know that anytime I say daily, I mean most days, but I am a huge believer in just selling every day, sell every day. Do I sell every day? No. Do I sell most days? Yes. And, he, and people ask me like, how do you do it? You know, especially like having two little ones and, and not working 24 seven and all these things. The easiest part of my job is selling. It takes the least amount of time and it's, it feels effortless to me. And my way of selling might not be effortless to you, but it's your job as the CEO of your company with a huge vision to um, to, to find a way that selling can be easy. That's your job. So I found a way that selling is easy for me. Selling on stories is easy. It takes me a couple minutes. I open my phone. I state that the offer's open. I state who the offer is for. I state the transformation of the offer and I state why they should buy now. And then I peace out. That's it. It's so easy. Um, and then usually I'll literally turn that video back on that I just posted on stories and send it out as an email. It takes like maybe 20 minutes a day to do that. And I usually take weekends off and maybe here or there I'll be so busy that I don't get to it. But 
my to-do list every day looks like this. Take care of clients, which means do my Voxer messages and do any client calls I have. I always say like, especially when I'm getting so overwhelmed and so busy and life is crazy, which is often most days, <laughs> I, I remind myself and I literally say out loud, my husband's heard me say it a million times. If the only thing I get done today is take care of my clients, then I've done my job. That's my, that's my job. That's the number one priority in my business. The second thing is sell. And then I'll say, and if I can take care of my clients and I can sell, I'm doing a really good freaking job. Everything else is underneath of that. So I like to check in on like, if I'm feeling like I can't even do those two things, there's a huge issue. Either the way I'm doing those two things is not effortless for me. It's not easy for me. And so I need to figure out why and fix that, which isn't always a new strategy, but sometimes it is. Or I'm wasting my time on a bunch of other stuff right? Or I'm not getting support in my life so I can work. And if you want to build a million dollar business, I, I just don't even think we need to be having that conversation. <laughs> you, need, you need to be creating time to work, okay? Ease, effortlessness does not mean we don't work. We work, okay? I'm here working right now. Um, so I'll leave that at that. That's super simple. Number five, you need to have your millionaire identity shift. I will say for me, the, the biggest mindset block that I had around making a lot of money, and I know a lot of people relate to this, is being unrelatable and leaving people behind and losing connection to people close to me. I have that conversation with people all the time, whether it's about their, their partners, their relationships, their friendships, um, relationships to people in their family. And that's really hard because I feel like love, love and relationships is just like, like, the core of life. It's so, it's to me, I just feel like, you know, we're born. I know this might look different for everyone, but this is just like the typical way it goes. Your mom loves you so, so, so much unconditionally when you're born that she takes care of you and keeps you alive. So I just feel like to us being loved feels like being kept alive. That's the way I see it. And that's why I know that when we think that we might do something that will make people not love us, maybe because they think we're too good for them, or we make them feel bad because we're doing so well, or now we're unrelatable, we run from that thing. And I actually think that number one, you probably will lose relationships going to seven figures. And you probably will become a little bit more unrelatable. But I also think like, I thought, oh, I'm going to make seven figures and I'm going to wear these brands and, and travel this way and be super, super fancy. And I've done a lot of things that are a lot fancier than I ever thought I would do. But at the same time, like what I realized was that was not the millionaire identity I wanted to have. And now I've created one where I feel like I'm still me. I'm still down to earth. I'm still relatable. Like there's a few things in my life that definitely are not very relatable because of the money I've created and the things I've been able to do with that money. But I just feel like at the same time for me, I've been able to prioritize having like a very simple life, really valuing and putting first the things that matter the most to me, my relationship, my family, my babies, my home, like that's that. And so it's funny, like I actually changed, I stopped thinking that my life needed to look a certain way and that it would look a certain way and that everyone would leave me and started just seeing like, I'm just going to be me with a few extra things. <laughs> like that's it. And a little bit more freedom and a lot more money in the bank. Like that's it. And if people are not going to accept me for that, 
who cares? Like they're the wrong people. I have lost friendships. I have lost relationships, but not, not the good ones, not the good ones. So just think about that. Like, what are you afraid of when you allow yourself to have everything that you're going after? Because there's probably some self-sabotage happening there. If there's a major fear and does the vision of you as the millionaire, the seven figure earner, whatever actually look the way you want it to check that. And it can be as big and luxury and shiny as you want it to. And it can also be as simple and, you know, hidden, hidden wealth or silent wealth or whatever they, they call it, or it can be in the middle. Like it's just, it gets to be your vision. And that leads me to number six, which is you've got to change the way that you set money goals. It no longer is about hitting blah, blah, blah per month to like stroke your ego. And it becomes about like, why are you really creating this money? And I know you could roll your eyes, like what's your why? But I found at first it was so overwhelming. And I, I, I've talked about this with peers. I've talked about this with friends where it's like, you get so many options. Like if you were to think like, okay, if I made millions of dollars a year in excess money, what would I do with it? And suddenly you have so many options. I could have multiple homes. I could have this type of home. I could invest in this, or I could invest in this, or I could invest in this, or I could invest in this. I could hire this team member or this team member or this help or this help, or I could have these things. Or It's like endless options. Roll your eyes with me. Oh, what a bad problem to have, but it's overwhelming. And then we have the fear come up of, am I going to do the right things with my money? Right? So at first it was very overwhelming. At first it was very scary. I had to solidify the belief that I could not mess it up. I could not make the wrong decision if I just trusted what I felt called to do. And then it got exciting because I got to dream up my dream home, which we bought and now are renovating and doing all kinds of fun stuff too, which costs a lot of freaking money. But it's part of my, like when I'm thinking about my yearly plan, I'm not thinking about what's my next milestone that's going to be shiny to share on the internet. I'm thinking about What's the next renovation I want to do to the house? Or I've, I've spent a lot of time, a little less time learning about coaching and a little bit more time learning about investing. And I finally figured out the numbers of what does it look like to get to a point where we don't have to work, right? Not that I even know if I would ever not want to work, but again, ultimate freedom, you don't have to, right? It's now a choice. And I think then your priorities can even change. Like, you know, those of you that want to do charity work, <laughs> literally or figuratively, you got to get to a point where you have the spaciousness to do that, right? So it's learning about these things. It's learning about all the options and it's setting bigger goals outside of just, I want to do 50K a month. And then I want to do 80K a month. I want to do 100K a month. I want to do 150K a month. Why? That way I don't feel bad about myself. It gets old after a while. It really will get old. You will hit a point where you're like, I am so unmotivated by these monthly numbers. And even your, it's not about the, any, anything, monthly, quarterly, yearly, I don't care. You'll get to a point where you're like, doesn't excite me anymore. Most of us, if you're anything like me, it's like, oh, I'm kind of bored of just stroking my ego, but I still want to make a lot of money. Let me learn about what I can actually do with this money by besides hoard it in a bank account or spend it all on things I don't even care about. So anyway, number seven, um, my seventh tip is a leadership tip, which is become faster with decision-making. I realized one of the biggest things holding me back, um, brand awareness around a program leads me into the, a conversation about unwavering, which is not open now, but probably will open in the next month or two. So now you guys can think about that building brand awareness around a program right before your eyes. Um, 
Unwavering is all about becoming unwavering, wavering less, making decisions faster, pressing pause less. It's not about doing more, but it's just about moving forward consistently faster, right? So I, when I was making six figures, I made decisions slower than molasses, okay? I put off conversations. I put off hiring. I put off like investing when I felt called. I put off looking at my bank account. I put off scheduling things. I put off making decisions about my price points. I put off decisions about what offer I was going to sell. I just like moved so slow because I was afraid. I put off getting back to people. I was just like, I put everything off all the time because of fear, right? Indecision usually comes from fear of making the wrong decision. And it's one of those things that A, you'll just get really sick of (laughs) and you realize you can't do that. And um, now we have a question in the chat. Would love to hear about how you make decisions move forward as a projector. This is great. So I have a couple examples written down here in my notes. What's helped me with this is policies in my business. So there's policies of if there's any type of issue, we get back to that person with a solution within X amount of time. If there's a um, refund request or a cancellation request, this is our policy. Um, Even like um, support for clients, right? If somebody sends me a Voxer message, this is how quickly I get back to them. If somebody needs support in the Facebook group, this is how we get back to them. This is how quickly we get back to them. Another thing is, is I don't plan out my whole year, but I do know that I'm going to be having my private coaching. I do know that I have my mastermind and I do know that I have four core courses that we're going to sell. And how do I know that? Because I think about what's the transformation I take my client on and what are the, um, what are like the core pillars of having that transformation? And I make those courses. So no, my courses don't change all the time. No, my courses don't change every year. And yes, I'm going to be selling all of those courses, probably at least two or three times each. Could I tell you what I'm doing in October? No. Could I even tell you what I'm doing in May? No. But could I tell you what I'm launching right now and what I'm launching next? Yes. Right now we're launching sought after. We have a workshop coming up next Monday. You can get the link to that in my Instagram story. And sought after closes on the 31st. And shortly after that, you're going to hear about the new mastermind. But if you join sought after, you won't regret it because they're going to get a freaking crazy offer to upgrade if they choose. Like the plan is there. Do I know what I'm doing after that? No. Could I take like a guess? We'll, we'll probably do unwavering after that if I had to guess because I know my flow. I don't know the exact timing, but I know my flow. And so there's just not so many decisions to make. I know that my offers are, are typically about 1800 and I like to do some, some fun price points usually for like people who buy early and stuff. I know that my masterminds range from this to this per month for the investment. Like I just put these in place. So it's like, okay, great. Now that we have standards, we have policies, we have boundaries. There's just less to think about. And even like, so the question is like, how do you make a decision as a projector? Well, I have a policy for myself when I'm investing If I, A, I always have mentorship of some capacity. I always have mentorship. If I don't have mentorship, I will go look for the mentorship, but I only invest if I feel a a pull to that mentor, right? And I know that the qualifications my mentor needs to have, they need to be farther ahead than me. They need to be someone who values the same things as me. And they need to have not the same because I'm not cookie cuttering my business model, but they need to have like a similar model that I could learn from. 
So some things the same, some things different, but you know, right now I have mentorship. Now, what if there's some, there's like 50 people. I no, that's a lie. There's probably like three, four, five other people where it's like, oh my God, I'd love to work with them. How do I know if I'm going to do that? Am I fully utilizing the support I have right now? Do I even have time to utilize more support and more mentorship right now? No, I have enough. And there's so many other people I'd love to work with that are so cool and so shiny. And, and I could learn so much from, but I've got to fully utilize what I have. I have a policy for myself of always having mentorship of some type. I, I that's a, just a value of mine. I don't think you need to have that value, but I have that. I have, I, I just have that standard for myself. I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. It's just a standard because I know I do better with mentorship. I don't have a rule for what that looks like, but if I don't have mentorship, I'm not going to invest if I don't feel called, but I'm just going to keep my eyes out. And I only invest in someone when it's aligned. So it just feels good. It feels like we have commonalities in our business. It feels like we have commonalities in our values. It feels like they're farther along than me, like by a landslide. So I have a lot to learn from them because I'm, I always am looking for long-term mentorship, not just a short-term. And um, what else I was saying is if I have mentorship, knowing, and you can apply this to any type of decision, you guys, but if I have mentorship, knowing that there's going to be other people I want to work with right now, I have mentorship. I actually am in two different containers and I could think of five other people right now that I would love to work with. But the thing is, is I have to check in on, am I making the most of my current investments? Honestly, no, I'm utilizing one of them very, very well, but there's another I could gain so much more from. So already, no, I'm not going to invest in more. The second thing is, do I have time to get all I can from another investment, right? Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no. Um, and does that investment align with my actual current goals? So what's so valuable is if you can set your own goals, <laughs> this sounds so basic, but it's actually really important. I can set my own goals. I know I want to make this much more money and I know I want to do it through these ways. And I know where I'm really... Um, thriving and doing well. And I know where I have room for improvement. And so when I'm investing, I'm going to look for things that are going to support me in those areas of improvement, right? Not just the shiniest thing out there right now. And um, the last thing I was going to say about being, being a projector, which is a human design type, like a personality type, I guess you could call it, is I think it's often taught for us to sit on our decisions. I'm also a Taurus. So I love impulse spending. I love it. So even as a Taurus, this is a really common rule. You just got to know yourself. I will, I will, I'm good at spending. I'll spend, I'll invest. I'm not afraid to do that. It feels good for me to do that. Sometimes not in the long term, but, um, I've, but I it's just sit on it for one or two days. I don't need to sit on things for weeks and weeks and weeks to know the decision. Just a few days. So you might actually see, so for me, I know that with my personality, my patterns, I'm going to do best if I sit on something for a day or two, because typically I'm not going to sit on it at all and be like, I want it, give it to me. <laughs> Here you go. Here's my money. You might be the type of person who will sit on something for weeks because you're so afraid to do it, right? You're like, so afraid to spend the money, so afraid to make the wrong decision, like, I'm like, whatever, live and learn, you know? So I need a day or two, but you might actually need to cut back your sitting time and learn how to move faster. I've, in a lot of ways, like having hard conversations 
or um, hiring help because I'm also a, I can do everything, which is so not true. Nobody can do everything, but it's definitely not true. Again, Taurus, lazy, projector, minimal energy. It's just not true. So I think I can do everything. So I like to hire coaches, not team. I've had to learn how to hire team faster. I've had to learn how to make decisions around my offers faster. I've had to learn how to have hard, hard conversations faster. I've had to learn how to set and follow policies in my business faster and pass those policies off to my team faster. But I've also had to learn how to slow down on other offer, other elements of deciding on offers and launches. Cause I can also get kind of like sell, 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 sell a little too quick. Um, like, Ooh, this would be so shiny middle of, uh, of an important launch that I actually care about and actually helps my clients. And I've also had to learn how to slow down a little bit on certain types of investments like coaching. Cause I'm just like, not afraid to invest in that at all. Like ever <laughs> just like, okay, I'll do it. Um, people find out about it months later. They're like, Oh, I didn't know. I'm like, yeah. Cause I decided in two seconds. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Someone said that's so me, I can do it all. Nope. Fail. That's me. That's me. That's what I tend to do. Not anymore, <laughs> but like 2020 was a huge year for me of that. Cause I was like, no, I can, I can watch my baby 24 seven and ask for no help and do everything around the house and do everything in my business. No problem. And then mental breakdowns <laughs> happen. Um, okay. Anyway, you guys, I could chat here all day, but I'm definitely going to end the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and I will see you in next week's episode. Bye guys. <laughs>